Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. The people's champ? Somebody calling me? Hello? Who? Oh, that's me. Hey, folks, how's everybody doing tonight? Welcome to the Fantasy Gesture Show. I am he, the fantasy jester. How's everybody doing tonight? Beautiful night in gorgeous Florida, D-Land, Florida. We uh, gone through the daily storms. For those of you who don't know about Florida weather, that whole Sunshine State thing is a little bit of a lie uh, every week, every day, uh, especially during the summer. Every day we get rain. Uh at some point, we had some bad storms today. We got through that, and we have an absolutely beautiful night. I hope it is as beautiful wherever you are tonight, wherever you're listening from. I hope it's just as nice. Thank you for joining us uh, for the Fantasy Justice Show. We are brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com, your kingdom for fantasy sports and more. Hey, look at that. I didn't lower my phone. JT says I sound good. We had a little sound issue the other night uh, on the show uh, for the Gridiron guys. For those of you who follow the Gridiron guys, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, every once in a while, the good people of Blog Talk, uh, there's just a little bit of a problem. They're great people. Uh, We are brought to you by Blog Talk Radio. And uh, besides Fantasy Justice Sports, uh, your kingdom for fantasy sports and more, we're also brought to you by 888.com. On the website, you can go there right now, 888.com, for all your gambling. What could you possibly want to gamble on? We've got teams. We've got sports. You name it. They even have a casino. You can go on right now. Join through the website. And through the website, because you're joining through FantasyJesters.com, you will get $30 back if you join through PayPal, using your PayPal account. You go on there now, they will give you a free $30. I, <laughs> I don't know. Can't beat that. I got my 30 You know I did. Also, folks, we've got sports memorabilia. If you want sports memorabilia through integritysports.com. Again, on the front page of the website, go right, go there right now for signed, authentic memorabilia. We also have Reebok. Reebok on the front page. I'm feeling good tonight, folks. Can you hear it in my voice? I'm I'm a little bit more upbeat than usual, probably because we have several uh, announcements tonight. 
a couple of which involve uh, the fantasy jester himself. And also uh, a couple more things. We're going to bring you some great news on that. Also, uh, I'm in a great mood. A great friend of the show, former guest, and uh, just a great guy is going to be on tonight. Ryan Walton is going to uh, join us tonight. I have a couple of questions for him. He's been on the show before. If you don't remember, if you didn't listen to that show, how dare you? How dare you? No, okay. Uh, but no, if you missed that show, Ryan Walton uh, dives. He's a great diver. Dives uh, wrecks, reefs, you name it. But he also dives with sharks. And uh, he dives with sharks and no cage. So, uh, yeah, Ryan, don't call me bait. Walton will be on uh, later on. Uh, he's got a great announcement. Can't wait to hear that for everybody. Uh, tonight, we're going to be uh, joined by, who else, JT. JT will be in in a little bit. Can't wait to have him join, my partner in crime, if you will. All right, folks, can you hear me now on the show? We are here back live. They are having difficulties here. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting feedback on the board itself uh, through blog talk. We had a little issue there, and uh, it came on uh, for some reason that they were having problems at their end and uh, to try and call back in. The setup here is that you got to call into Blog Talk. Uh, there's a direct connect, all that, and uh, hopefully we are up and running a little bit better now. Um, hopefully, my co-host and partner in crime, JT, is there. JT, you there? Jester, Oof. you got you got. I never heard you that quiet before. <laughs> I went silent, and trust me, there are places that were going crazy that. Somebody had finally shut me up, uh, but no, like you, see, you can't holiday. shut me up. Yeah, yeah, you can't shut me up for long, and uh, that's just live radio, folks. Sometimes there's a glitch in the system. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, it came up something completely different. Now, I've been doing this for, I understand I'm still new, but I've been doing it for six months now, and uh, I haven't seen that error before, ever. Uh, that was through them, through Blog Talk, but... We're back. We're back and better than ever because you can hear me. You can hear JT. And uh, we're really uh, excited about everything coming. I don't know where we left off, where I cut out. Uh, JT, any word on where I cut out, what I was talking about? Last thing I heard you say was uh, you were about to bring me in and then you disappeared. Maybe it was the system, uh, you know, heard you were coming and said, no, maybe it was you. You know, Maybe it's there's no stopping what can't be stopped. No killing what can't be killed, you know? So it's just, here we are. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're here, um, and we're happy we're here, folks. Thanks for joining us. We're going to go right into our, our football segment now. And uh, during the week, Kid Kelly wrote an article, one of the writers for FantasyJusticeSports.com. Kid Kelly wrote a uh, – she's been doing an ongoing uh, article uh, regarding the top now and then players at every position. And uh, recently she uh, 
did the article, wide receiver, six feet and under. Great, great piece. Um, I love the way she writes. We have a couple, as always, that we're going to pick on her about. Uh, that that would go without saying. We would find something well, yeah. to pick on. Yeah, well, we could pick on the Pope if, uh, if well, given yeah. half the opportunity. And so that's. Yeah, people who know me say I'd argue with God. They're right. I would. Uh, you notice there was no argument on that. Kind of <laughs> ironic, isn't it? Um, it really is. <laughs> we also, uh, besides talking about wide receivers in our uh, football portion tonight, uh, wide receivers six feet and under, we're also going to talk a little bit about fantasy-wise uh, wide receivers to look at, uh, a couple of people on the horizon that are coming. And then also uh, we've got fact or fantasy, a couple of good questions for you. Uh, we will go ahead. We're going to keep going on our time slot. We're doing fine and moving right along. JT, wide receivers, six foot and under. How'd she do? What do you got? Well, I have to say, Henry Ellard, really, really hard to argue with, with him. I mean, you're looking at a guy that basically was a star his whole career. Really not much of a drop-off from this guy. Uh, so, you know, I think it was a little over 800 catches in his career. Almost 14,000 yards, 65 scores. So, uh, and he was a Los Angeles Ram when they were the Los Angeles Rams the first time. So, you know, definitely can't argue with him. I don't quite understand. Don't retire Steve Smith yet. Okay, we got him in the uh, then. I've got to push him down to the now. So, in replacement of him, I'd like to go with Gary Clark, one of the uh, Smurfs from the Redskin glory days. Uh, just under 700 catches, almost 11,000 yards, 65 touchdowns, couple Super Bowl rings. Uh, you know, five foot nine, 175 pounds, so not a big guy by any stretch of the imagination, but fearless over the middle. So definitely one of Joe Seisman's favorite targets. Uh, Steve Largent, number one, can't disagree with that in any way, shape, or form. You? No, uh, Largent. I remember uh, watching Largent, going to date myself a little bit as I was growing up, and uh, he he just seemed to – he wasn't he, – he was the thing about Largent, and, and that was amazing to me, is that he didn't have blazing speed. Now, you would think for a small guy he'd have uh, great speed and all that, but he didn't have blazing speed. But yet every time you uh, watched him, he was getting open. I mean, it was it was just amazing to watch. And then on top of it, I mean, uh, his, his greatest attribute was his hands. He, he he was a fantastic receiver. No, I have zero problem with that. Um, Steve Smith in the uh, then. Maybe she knows something that all of us and Steve Smith don't know yet. How about that? Hmm. Okay. True insider well, information from Kid Kelly? I don't know. Good insider <laughs> info from Kid Kelly. I mean, if she was here, we'd have to ask her. Now, while we're on the Zen, though, there is one other name I'd like to throw out there for you. A guy by the name of Harold Jackson. Uh, 579 catches, a little over 10,000 yards, 76 touchdowns. You know, played basically from the late 60s to the early 80s. You know, another small receiver that not a lot of people know. You know, from Jackson State, I believe there was another guy from Jackson State in the NFL that did fairly well. But, um, yeah, definitely another guy I'd like to throw in on that list. 
Yeah, um, past guys, past guys. Um, you, you, we talked about it briefly in uh, in the production meeting. You don't put Welker in that list, really. I mean, well, he's right got... now Welker doesn't know if he's a then or a now. He's still deciding whether he wants to play or coach. He's in Miami Dolphins camp right now. So at this point, until we know what Welker is going to do, I think it's hard to put him in then or the now. I want to see where he's at first. I will uh, say this. Let's just say, let's just say for argument's sake, he's retired. I'm not putting him over any of the guys that I just mentioned. He is. Um, he's been done for a little while. I I don't want to hurt Mr. Welker's feelings here, but um, maybe he thinks, you know, obviously a couple of one too many hits to the head, maybe he doesn't realize he's still playing football and uh, thinks he's playing bocce at this point. He's retired. I don't know. Uh, But he should. And that is, uh, that that is a shame. If he really is in camp, I thought he was in camp uh, to be a, a coach for the young wide receivers. Well, and that's just it. He's in camp. He's in there with the Dolphins helping coach some of the younger Oh, yeah, yeah, no, and that's probably the only capacity. (laughs) Right, but I did see an interview with him where he has admitted he's yet to file any retirement papers because he's undecided on which path he wants to go. Um, and the path that he's talking about is how to actually get to his lawyer's office to sign those retirement papers. <laughs> he's completely yeah, forgotten how to get there. Um, you know, think about that. Wes Welker, undrafted free agent, picked up by the San Diego Chargers originally. You know, Antonio Gates, a guy that never even played college football, undrafted signee by the San Diego Chargers. And that scouting department was doing some work back then. Yeah, once upon a time, uh, scouting departments, they they were doing it without all these uh, numbers, and, and, and they were going simply by the eye test on a lot of it. Okay, did the guy catch the ball often or not? <laughs> did he get right. open or not? You know, all those extra times and cones, cone time, what the hell was a cone time back then? Shut up. Exactly. You well, know, I and mean, you know, back then... Back then, Welker's real claim to fame was he was the NCAA uh, Division One all-time leading punt, return, uh, punt returner in yardage. So, I mean, it really wasn't even the fact that this guy was a you know a good catcher of football or a good route runner. He was a special teamer. Yeah, didn't yeah. end up making their team. Dolphins picked him up, and then of course, like idiots, we trade him within the division to the Patriots. Never will understand that one. Yeah, well. Um... No, explaining your Miami, sir, and a lot of things. But, okay, yeah, yeah. anyway, anywho, uh, what we do have is uh, also Antonio Brown, depending on which side of Again. Kid Kelly's uh, shoe chart you have, is either <laughs> over six foot or under six foot, depending on uh, what day of the week it is. And, well, uh, she figured this way. With, she had him covered either way, you know? You know, he plays bigger than he, he is. That's what it is. Right, and you know, that's plays, what it is. He plays bigger than he is. And, you know, people do hit that late growth spurt, you know, in life sometimes. So maybe she, again, has some inside information that we don't know. All right, real quick, I'm going to give you three names. And I know you already called Shepard the rookie of the year. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I'm going to give you three 
names of guys that are under six foot that our fans should look for. And I'm going to ask you to pick one, and then I'm going to give you one that's not on the list. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Corey Coleman, Cleveland, 5'10", nine-inch hand, ran a 4'4", 40. Farrell Cooper, 5'10", 9.13 hand, size of his hand, 4'4", 840. Or Leonte Carew, a 4'5", with a 9.38 size hand. So pretty big hands on small receivers there. Yes, yes. Uh, well, Pretty good size. You know, it is funny. <laughs> Who do you think has the big impact? Who well, do you think has I'll the impact? You, the guy that has the the guy that has the most talent and will be the best player won't be the guy that has the biggest impact year one. The guy that's going to be the best out of those is Carew. That's Steve Smith Jr. right there. Everything about him screams Steve Smith. Um, from the chip on his shoulder to the way he plays the game. But due to the fact of what he's got in front of him and Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry in Miami, I think Coleman's going to make your biggest impact year one because we're probably looking at the de facto wide receiver number one to start the season. Cleveland has nothing else. Right. Now, I'm not saying the guy's not talented. The guy's got immense talent. Uh, First was the first receiver picked in the draft. Yeah. So, you know, the guy's got the talent, but I think just from sheer opportunity, he's going to make the biggest impact. Okay. Uh, and, again, folks, that is we're leaving Sterling Shepard out. Uh, right. That was JT's pick for rookie of the year, so that you know. Um, and from all signs, from what we've been hearing, there's nothing to dissuade us from that. He has uh, been lighting it up in Giants camp, so – uh, and as much as it pains me to say it, he's got a great yeah. receiver in Odell Beckham to learn from. Well, and it's nice because, I mean, how many times are you going to see Shepard with double coverage because they're going to leave one-on-one on Beckham? It could be a <laughs> fun time. one-on-one, period. <laughs> Listen, Josh Norman was damn lucky that Odell was stupid enough to fall for all the talk. Um but anyway, we're getting back to our uh, new receivers coming. Carew, I, I see Carew. See, I, I think that Miami has soured enough on uh, Stills to make Carew eventually that slot receiver, the third wide receiver, and that would be a good spot for him. That would be a real I'd, good spot. I'd love him. to see him there. Thing is, Kenny Stills, by all accounts from – Players that have you know that have been there saying he's having probably the best camp of any receiver thus far in Miami. Well, maybe the new regime so, will give him a little. Uh, see, I, I don't know. I guess well, he struck a chord with the old regime and couldn't get the proper chance. But let, let me let Jeff. Yeah, so let me ask you a question. So back in the eighties, in uh, you know maybe possibly even the late seventies, there was a cartoon called Mister Magoo. Okay. That's who Joe Philbin is in real life. That's real life Mr. Magoo. The guy was an idiot. Okay? So he was Mr. Magoo. You bring Kenny Stills in, a guy that his whole career in New Orleans was a downfield threat. And what do you do? You run 10-yard outs. You run swing passes. You run hooks with the guy. Right. Adam Gase is no moron. 
Well, he knows how to use Kenny Stills is my point. Hopefully, yeah. Because, I mean, the kid is a weapon. At least I thought he was coming out of New Orleans. I don't know. Breeze knew how to uh, use him, but. Well, I mean, um, how was he used at Oklahoma? Downfield threat. How was he used at yeah. New Orleans? Downfield threat. I yeah. see a pattern. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's my old theory of uh, a good coach just goes to the player's strength instead of trying to adapt that player into their yeah. style. Um, folks, uh, before we we've got a show's moving along quick, and uh, we've got a bunch to get to today, so we might not do the uh, fact or, or or fantasy portion because I definitely want to talk one second. I want to get JT's opinion on this one player, Malcolm Mitchell. 5'11", another 4'4 guy, and went to New England. Now, here is New England's downfield threat. 4'4 speed. He's going to open it up. You're going to have Gronk and uh, Bennett covering all the middle, Mm -hmm. taking all the underneath stuff. Edelman on the other side. Edelman on the other side. Again, more underneath work or over the top with Edelman. But here's their their go-to guy now that can go over the top, really just expand the field. And he has a 10.38-inch hand. You got to understand, folks, that is a humongous hand. It's 10.5-inch hand. And a guy that can run 4-4, he can run 4-4, He's going to be on. He's going to have an opportunity in camp, right from the get-go, yeah, to prove that he can be their guy. They don't have somebody that can take the cover off a of, off a of defense. And he's and going to have been Tom Brady, kind of guy. Yeah, he's going to have Brady throwing to him. He's going to be coached by uh, uh, Brady and Belichick and all that stuff. Uh, he's going to be coached on how to. Uh, Deflate the no. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't start that, Roger. Yeah, I'm not going to start that. Goodell, Goodell's wasted enough money on that. Uh, I don't need to go right. there. And time. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, folks, um, that is our coverage tonight of the NFL and well, wide receivers under six foot. Unless JT wants to throw one last thing. Yeah, in I mean, you, know, you, asked, you you mentioned him. Two things. A, he reminds me of Deion Branch. Uh, okay. Exact type, same, same type of player, um, same type of skill set. You know, a guy that thrived in that system when he was in New England. But here's the question. Is he going to become another Kembrell Tompkins, a guy who had all the physical tools but didn't want to buy into the Patriot way? Or is he going to fall in line, do what he's told, follow the rules, follow what they want, and become a star. That's really the only question. The guy's physically gifted. I just want to see, you know, what's he got upstairs. Uh, and what he has upstairs will be coached by a team with strong leadership. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. And he's he's fast. He's got big hands. I will be surprised if he isn't utilized often in that offense. And right from the start. All right, folks. Over um, under 800 yards for him on the season. Under. Just under. Uh, I call about okay. seven. I, I call seven to seven fifty. About five touchdowns. 
which would be a because productive year to... with all those other weapons. Productive. Well, year. I'm I'm expecting I'm expecting as much as oh god, somebody kill me for having to say this. I'm expecting 50 touchdowns, 50 passing touchdowns out of that offense this year, without a question. If everybody stays healthy. Happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm making Gary happy. All right, yeah, uh, but that's okay. Uh, you know what? They'll pass for 50 touchdowns in the year, meet the Giants in the uh, Super Bowl, and we know what happens there. There you go. Now Gary's no longer happy again. Oh. These are my. Yes, I know you got to live with it. Anyway, uh, folks, we had a couple more things to go to on football, and you can listen to us every Thursday night on the Gridiron, guys, seven o'clock Eastern time. You don't want to miss it. It's everything football. We have another couple big announcements, and before we get to Ryan Walton, we're going to hear from one of our other sponsors little tease there we got a new sponsor coming our way and we'll be making that announcement too but from our first sponsor our important sponsor the number one sponsor right now for the fantasy jester show hi folks fantasy jester here to talk about bread from your bed.com and i am with ethan the son of the owner joey from bread from your bed.com say hello ethan hello and how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan, thanks. Uh, we'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, and we'll show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers. I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking for social media management? BedfromTheBed.com And where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? BedfromTheBed.com And where should people go to get help starting a business? BedfromTheBed.com Alright, and if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go? Um, BedfromTheBed.com Alright, Ethan, one more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, BreadFromYourBed.com That's right, folks. BreadFromYourBed.com yeah, I love that. I absolutely, absolutely love that commercial. I think uh, Ethan is uh, adorable for that commercial. He should be doing uh, several other commercials, if you ask me. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, no, he, he's a cute kid, and uh, we had him in for that. Uh, and believe it or not, that was a one-take deal. We did that in one take, and uh, he did that all that on his own. He was fantastic, fun kid. And folks, a uh, right there, one take? One take, one take, not shy, uh, absolutely loved it. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, I got up, got myself a drink of water. He sat in my chair and he goes, I'm the new fantasy jester. So, uh, yeah, anytime anybody wants to retire me, go right ahead. And I don't Sounds care. like a lot of people are really take trying me down. to do that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody wants to take this swing at the big guy. And, you know, just like Barry Bonds once said, uh, you have to be pretty damn good if you have a whole stadium booing you. You have to be pretty damn good if people are trying to knock you down. They, they're not trying to knock down some schmoby. That's all I know. Well, anyway, here's what we got, folks. Next up on our show, we have Ryan Walton, who is, I'm about to bring him in, friend of the show, longtime supporter of the show, been a guest a couple of times, and, uh, you know, he, great diver. He's been on some interesting dives, and, and he does something a little crazy. He, uh, he well, likes to go on shark. <laughs> He goes on shark dives, which is nice. I understand. Um, I would I would probably be interested in seeing a shark up close. I could do it personally at an aquarium. Um, but I would do it in a cage if I was going to do it out in the wild, uh, in their own territory. I would do it in a cage. He sees fit to not do it in a cage. <laughs> I... Uh, Personally, I uh, refer to him as Ryan Bait Walton um, because pretty much any time you go into the water and, and you're not going, you're going with sharks and there's no cage. You know, they talk about a baiting trip. You know, you can bait uh-huh. the uh, waters, right. and get them to come, get some great action shots and all that. Listen, every time you hit the water, you're bait in my eyes, but. Um, so, no, so basically what you're telling me is he's chum. Yeah, that's my chum. We're, we're about to call him my chum, my buddy, uh, Ryan Walton. <laughs> Hello, Ryan. Are you there, sir? I'm here, guys. Goodness. How's it going? How's it going, Ryan? <laughs> what's, what's up, buddy? How are you, sir? Everything good? How, how, how is the life in southern Florida? Life is really good in Southern Florida. Uh, I heard you talking about sharks, and that's about what I do every day is talk about sharks if I'm not uh, swimming with them. So I can't complain. Sir, like I said, I've got that whole, you know, I want to see them up close and personal kind of feel. I've got that. I just know that they have a safety device called a steel cage that you can use. And you choose to forego that, sir. Um, have you been hit in the head by Bill Crude in the wrestling ring by any chance? I mean, no. But the steel cage you're referring to, I think you're you're confusing diving with wrestling. There's there's no need for a steel <laughs> cage in, in diving. You guys can leave that for uh, for the wrestling ring. Um, because for 450 million years, sharks have never viewed us as a food source, and they're not about to now. So there's no reason for me to be in a cage when I dive with these uh, puppy dogs is what I refer to them as when I'm talking wow. to guests. Um, cool. they're, they're just like dogs, and they play just like dogs. So um, you, you got to see it to believe it, or you can follow along with the pictures and videos online to get a taste. But um, I guess a taste isn't a good way to put it. Um, but <laughs> you can get your taste of what we do. Um by, by checking it out online, and, you know, I guess it's not for everybody, but 
for those that do, um, they see that sharks want no part of us as a, a food source, and we coexist just fine. And like I said, have the time of our lives down there. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Now, um, Ryan, a couple of questions, and then I want to get you have a, a, a rather large announcement, and I am I am very happy to uh, be the forum that you're using to make that announcement. Thank you very much. Um, but before we get to the good stuff, before we get to the good stuff, we're going to ha- ask a couple of quick questions uh, for everybody wanting to know. When you've come visit Florida, or if you're already here in Florida, folks, uh, and, and you want to dive, Ryan has a couple of great places that he goes, and, and one of them is the Blue Heron Bridge. Now, uh, Ryan, you want to tell people what they will see uh, if they go dive the Blue Heron? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm glad you brought up the Blue Heron Bridge. It was voted uh, by divers the number one shore dive in the world. Um, It is an absolutely fantastic place with a maximum depth of about 20 feet, so snorkelers can go there too. Um, I'd recommend going on scuba because of the question you just asked, and that is, what do you see? Uh, So at the bridge, I normally go to photograph seahorses, octopus, frogfish, batfish, and I'm going to use the word exotic animals that uh, most people don't normally see that we're lucky enough to have at the Blue Heron Bridge. Beautiful, beautiful. And and the uh, visibility there at the bridge is uh, normally pretty good? As long as you hit it at high tide. So the idea is to call one of us uh, locally, and I think we're going to we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, but you call somebody locally, oh, you bet. and you ch- you check out uh, what what the high tide times are going to be because high tide at slack high um, is when you get the best visibility and the least amount of current. So we've seen you know days where you can see your buddy from forty fifty feet away down there. Uh, you just want to time it right. You got to know the right people to uh, to look into that. Nice, nice. Now let me ask you something, Ryan. Uh, for those of uh, those of us that are looking to start diving and uh, are new to diving, besides the blue heron, give me uh, give me two other places that you recommend as a good spot to go diving to see something. Uh, you know, it's a good dive area, whether it's a wreck or a reef or or, or your sharks. Which what are your top two dives around that area? Well, let's 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 rule out sharks to be fair here, because I'll pick sharks any day of the week. Um, of course. Okay. So, so sharks, clearly, uh, there's there's no place I'd rather be than be with sharks, because the more I'm with sharks, the more I can convince people uh, that we can coexist. But other than sharks, uh, there's a shipwreck here in Palm Beach County called the Danny. Uh, it was sunk as the Pocahontas tugboat in 2012 as a memorial reef. And that's one of my local favorite uh, wrecks to go to. Uh, there's also an airplane in about 125 foot of water that I really enjoy uh, going to check out. Just a different dive, a um, little bit more uh, advanced being being how deep it is, but it's just, a, like I said, a different type of dive that's nice to see. So those are a couple of my favorites here. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, you, you mentioned the plane. The plane must be interesting. I've, I'd actually like to check that one out with you one day. Um, that would be a cool dive. I, I'm Like I said, I'm not necessarily – you're going to have to talk me into the whole shark thing. And um, But the plane, that sounds interesting. 
you know, to be able to see that and, and preserve the way it went down. Uh, that would be interesting. When, to you, me. when you say plane, when you say plane, Ryan, I'm sorry. When you say plane, do you, what kind of plane are we talking? Are we talking like a World War II plane? Or are we talking, you know? So this one is just, uh, it was a passenger plane. And actually, you just talk about how it went down. And, uh, well, you missed the runway by about a mile. <laughs> um, it's right offshore of the yeah. Bath and Tennis Club in Palm Beach. And the airport is, you know, just on the other side. So they missed the runway on their way into to landing. So it was a, a personal uh, four to six passenger aircraft. Um, and if you head over to the my Ryan Walton Scuba public figure page on Facebook, um, you could actually see some of the photographs I've taken of the plane there. I have to check that out. Now I have a question for you. This now obviously when I say storm, I'm not talking about tropical storm, hurricane, anything like that. But have you ever gone diving during a storm? Is it any different than diving when there's not a storm? Something of that nature. I mean, does it bring different animals out? Um. We've got caught in squalls, so I'll, I'll rewind a little bit and say that if the seas are too bad, we don't go because safety is always first. And getting back Absolutely. on the dive boat when the seas get too rough, that's where the, the initial safety uh, concern comes in is how safely can we get back on the boat. Um, so if it's like a big enough storm, we don't go. But, yes, I've seen it. Uh, last week I had a world record free diver. Her name is Shaika. She's from Turkey. Uh, she was here doing a, a special film, um, and we were out there day one of the film job, and after the second dive, we had a nasty front come through and gives us what's called a whiteout, so where we don't even get off the boat because you can't see. Everything is whited out because the rain is so strong. Um, so we see crazy conditions like that come through, and uh, we're trained to deal with them, but if, if you know that it's going to be rough out that day, you just don't go. Just don't go. Now, we were talking about um, the shark dives. And as a matter of fact, uh, JT, I don't know if you know, Mrs. Jester is going to go on one of these shark dives with Ryan in August. Uh, Okay. We are in need of the brave woman to be with you. So, I mean, obviously her bravery is not in question. Oh, yeah. Sharks are nothing for this poor woman. Um, but my question is this, okay. Um, first, isn't there a particular color that sharks are more likely to be attracted to in a suit, Ryan? Yeah, there's two. Uh, there's two, and it's white and yellow because it's quite simply uh, because when fish dies or you slice the fish open, uh, which is what a shark likes to eat, it's that off-white or yellowish color. So those are the two colors while diving with sharks that you avoid to avoid accidents. All right. And um, you, you've you been diving with my wife before, correct? That's correct. And uh, what colors are mixed oh, into no. her suit? <laughs> so she is going to have to wear something over her traditional suit because her normal gear, Mrs. Jester's uh, normal gear, uh, she, I wouldn't have to bring bait. She would take care of it for me. So we're going to have to modify <laughs> her gear for shark shark. Day. Is there is there any way I can uh, probably talk you see Mrs. Jester has uh, life insurance. Is there any no, way no, I could no. talk you <laughs> No, 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 you didn't let me finish, sir, and you don't know how much life insurance 
Um, but I've already read the report. Oh. It never works out well. So. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not asking for much. to take over here shortly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not hey, asking listen, for here's much. The is there... here's, here's the problem with that. No matter what, somebody spins it into the shark's fault. So I can't do anything that's going to jeopardize our sharks because they're I all promise I won't be mad there. at the shark. Yeah, somebody's going to be all PO'd at the shark, and I can't. No, I won't be. I promise. (laughs) Somebody will. So we need to make sure the sharks are protected. Can we give her? too. Can I ask you something? Is there an option where we can get a, uh, you know, one of her air tanks to look like a seal fin, kind of, so that she looks like a seal in the water. Yeah, because we don't have those the sharks here that'll beat up on a seal. So I'll, I'll at least oh, get really? the entertainment of putting a seal on her back. And maybe what do the local sharks eat? Shark, but <laughs> what what will the local sharks eat? So our local sharks are, are they're scrap feeders, basically. They're feeding on any of the scraps they can pick up throughout the ocean. Uh, the exception there that, that has a true uh, food source in this area is the tiger shark, uh, they thrive off of sea turtles. Hammerheads, they love their stingrays. They can pick up a stingray's vibration uh, from over a mile away, and the vibration that I'm talking about is their wings coming off the sand. A hammerhead can pick that up and track them down. Uh, but for the most part, your, your sharks here, their role in the ecosystem is to feed on the dead, dying, and the diseased. So, so Brian, I have to get Brian. I have to get an attachment. Hold on one second, JT. So I have to get an attachment to Mrs. Uh, Jester's suit so that it fills in her wingspan, her arms to her body, and then this way it'll look like one of those rays. Is what you're telling me? <laughs> I, I see this hey. is going to be a problem. So I'm very fortunate. You know, this is Jay. If you're listening, us. if you're listening, Mrs. Jay, I got Bill Crude's number on speed dial. We can send. Uh, you know, another uh, beat down towards uh, your husband's way here if we need to. Uh, Ryan, if I keep I talking, she won't need crude. If I keep talking, she won't need crude. I promise you that. No, much. I wouldn't mess with with Mrs. J. But here's my question. I wanted to ask you this the last time you were on. I didn't get the opportunity. So I assume you, you dived in the Gulf. You dived in the Atlantic. Are there different sharks that you'd see in one versus the other? Do you have a favorite? If so, um. I love where we are. So I love Palm Beach County. I think when you were on the show with me, I called it the shark diving capital of the world because of how many species are here. And I would still back that up. We have the potential to see eight to 10 species per day here in Palm Beach County. Wow. Um, And when you see species like hammerhead, bull, tiger on the same day, that's amazing as it is. You start seeing your lemons, your silkies, your duskies, your sandbars this time of year. Uh, dusky sharks. Most people are like, what's a dusky shark? Well, they're highly endangered. They're a pelagic shark that's extremely overfished. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff here in Palm Beach County that we get to see that may or may not be in the Gulf. Most of them are. But in this, um, in this, the amount of species here, no. One thing that I have a problem with that maybe you'd see more of in the Gulf is the number of sharks. We are overfished here. Um, it, to a tremendous amount. It's the hammerhead quota when they finally stopped it. Was it like 135%? And I, I say to people all the time, well, what do you do with the 35% of the dead hammerheads that's over quota? It's already an endangered species. 
Um, so it's very mismanaged here. NOAA, uh, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric uh, Administration, they have a really hard time managing the fishery system here outside of three miles. So we get more species here, makes it a lot more interesting. That's why I love it. But the problem here is it's overfished. So maybe the quantity of sharks isn't what it could be or should be. Okay. All right. All right. Now, uh, the main reason why we have uh, Mr. Walton on with us tonight, JT, is uh, I am very happy. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Um but a fantastic announcement, and I am not going to steal his thunder as much as I'd like to uh, mention the name that he wants to bring up. Ryan, what do you got? What's new in your world, sir? Break it to everybody right now. Hit it. All right. So um, for the last week or two, we've been hard at work uh, closing on a deal. We meaning – uh, myself, my girlfriend Amber, and our friends EJ and Sana. The four of us have worked together um, as a management team now uh, to start and run Deep Obsession Charters. Um, nice. Taken over wow. Uh, the Deep Obsession from nice. my mentor, Jim Abernethy, and uh, EJ and Sana. Um, have been awesome in forming this relationship uh, with Amber and I. And as a team, um, we we are all co-owners in some way, shape, or form, but more importantly, uh, we're a team. Uh, nothing changes on the crew. Everybody that we've had working together here, uh, doing what we do, being good at it, and uh, trying to provide the highest customer service possible and, uh, always keeping safety in mind uh, Nothing changes We're all here and ready to keep Rocking and rolling and doing what we're doing um, I'm just proud to say that Now uh, EJ, Sana, Amber and I Each have a uh, piece of the pie So to speak And we are uh, a very strong management team Looking to do big things here in Palm Beach County Beautiful, beautiful folks. Uh, that's a pretty big name to be taken over. That's Jim Abernathy. Now, uh, for those that don't know, Jim's had his work on National Geographic. Mm-hmm. He's just a huge, huge name. And uh, we have Ryan Walton taking over Deep Obsession. One of, the, one of the main boats for Jim Abernathy. He's taking over Deep Obsession for Deep Obsession Charters. Now, I can promise you one thing from from knowing Ryan, and I've known Ryan some time now. I've had that pleasure of uh, knowing him, not just through his uh, business, uh, but also as a friend. I know one thing. He is a perfectionist. He will make sure that you are going to have a great time, have a great dive. It'll be safe. Uh, He'll look out for you in every every way, shape, or form. And uh, him and Amber uh, will make sure that you are welcomed and, and have a great time. Ryan, what's the, what, what are the ways that people can get a hold of you? What's a phone number, uh, Facebook, Twitter? What, what do you got? What are the ways that people can get a hold of you so that they can start calling you and finding out about your uh, dives? So 
So while we've been on the phone uh, doing this interview, we launched everything. So it's live right now. Uh, DeepObsessionCharters.com. The phone number to reach us at now for bookings is 561-360-4574. We launched a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube today, all under Deep Obsession Charters. Um, so if it's out there for social media, we are now on it. Uh, like I said, Beautiful. over the course of this interview, we, we've uh, put it all up. Beautiful, beautiful folks. You can't ask for better. I mean, you're you're gonna have the opportunity to dive with a, a true professional in in the business. You're gonna get to see some fantastic sights, and you're gonna have stories to tell your friends, your family, your kids, your grandkids. For a long, long time, he's going to help give you the time of your life. Ryan, um, how about some sponsors? Do you have any sponsors you want to get out there too, sir? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've got a few sponsors that take very good care of me and keep me doing what I love to do. Uh, number one, I just spent a few days with our friends at Reef Safe Fun Care. Uh, they took us down to the Keys to film for an episode of Scuba Nation about dive etiquette and the future of our oceans. Uh, so Reef Safe and uh, ourselves are going to be doing big things together in the future. Uh, dive Good. Right is the gear company that takes care of me. They got the best okay. equipment in the industry, and I am proud to represent Dive Right. All the pictures and videos you see by me are from Sea Life Cameras. Um, very, very awesome camera company, especially for those of you trying to keep it simple, um, and that's definitely me. I've got Woodrow sunglasses that I wear proudly every day I step on that boat. Um, they keep my eyes safe, and it's all sustainable material. And I've got Born of Water as a clothing sponsor that I wear my hats, my shirts. Uh, they take care of me there, keeping me well-dressed. And I guess I'll make another announcement that I just got sponsored by Body Glove uh, for wetsuits. So that's going to wow, be uh, beautiful. those pictures here shortly. So. So, yeah, big, big thank you to Reef Safe, Sea Life, Dive Right, Woodrow's, Born of Water, and Body Glove for keeping me doing uh, exactly what I love to do. That is absolutely fantastic. And also now uh, one of our sponsors will be Deep Obsession Charters. Uh, they're joining the family, and uh, we like to welcome you aboard. Thank you very much for absolutely. being a sponsor. We appreciate that so much. And uh, Ryan, that has been uh, Ryan Walton, folks, of Deep Obsession Charters. There you have it. Very first time on the air. That's Deep awesome. Obsession Charters. Uh, yeah, it is absolutely fantastic. Couldn't Ryan, uh, Ryan's off the air right now. Um, JT, what I tell you, Ryan and Amber, two of the nicest people that you'd ever want to meet. Absolutely adorable little boy, Koa. Uh, great family. Couldn't happen to better people. Folks, I'm going to get that number out to you one more time right now. And again, you're going to be hearing us talk about Deep Obsession Charters. They are a sponsor of ours now. 561-360-4574. Go have the time of your life with Ryan Walton. All right, folks. Uh, from one shark in the water to another, um, we're going to bring in, 
Yeah, well, now here's the thing. Um, we are going to uh, bring in Bill Crude, probably now, one of my biggest antagonists uh, in the. Uh, I do have to ask. In, yeah. I do have to ask, Jester. I'm sure all the all the listeners out there want to know: Would this be tonight, Bill Crude, sponsored by Mrs. Jester, or are you actually bringing him in on your own? No, like I said, Mrs. Jester is more than capable of kicking my ass on her own. She doesn't, won't need any help. <laughs> Um, she has her own way about doing things. And, uh, actually, no, Mrs. Jester is more, uh, the passive aggressive type. She will find different ways to get even and won't even lay a glove on me. Uh, always have like, I'm like yeah, uh, but I, I'm willing to bet she'd wait for the bell. Unlike our next guest. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no. Actually, folks, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play nice in the sandbox today. For for the most part, we have some things. Bill is our insider. Bill, uh, we're gonna bring Bill Crude on in in one minute here, and uh, he is our insider for wrestling. He is our go to guy for everything uh, for on the indie circuit here in Florida. Florida has a, a wide wide range of people wrestling there's so many wrestlers out there and, and, and the indie circuit is big down here and none bigger than florida mfw pretty much has florida pretty much has a little of everything you could possibly want it just you know what i mean it's just really my time to stand down there it just seems like whatever you want to do you can do it in florida Except for mountain climbing, because it's as flat as can be. Yeah, you've got pretty much everything you can do. I mean, it's um, the rolling hills in Claremont, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they actually do stand probably about fifty feet high, and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, whopping fifty feet. But no, seriously, uh, Bill Crude is—he—he uh, he is the uh, king of the indie circuit down here. They make the Crude Alliance. Uh, out of the uh, mid Florida wrestling, uh, those group of people are absolutely super there over at mid Florida wrestling. And uh, unfortunately they have somebody like uh, the crude Alliance there. And also they have uh, the MWO and uh, we're going to be starting up our own faction. Uh, we'll get to that another time. Uh, but tonight Bill Crude's going to join us because uh, we have uh, our predictions. We're going to write down, uh, the predictions for Money in the Bank this week. Uh, we have that tomorrow night, the pay-per-view by WWE. And then we have our own. See, Ryan Walton's not the only one with a big announcement. I believe uh, you, uh, Bill, myself, and Joey Cage have our own big announcement, don't we, JT? Yeah, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Don't want to get off short on the uh, announcements, but next up, uh, you know, I have to bring him in. I uh, can't get around this. It is uh, our pleasure to bring I'm about in. to whip somebody's ass. Oh, I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, if you don't leave me alone, you're going to have to send me home. Because I'm about to whip somebody. Yeah, he's about to whip somebody's ass. Probably mine again. Bill, what's up, brother? How are you tonight? Good evening, Jester and JT. How are you guys? Bill, I'm doing great, especially since those Penguins that you predicted to win the Stanley Cup won the Stanley Cup. Sorry, I had to get that out of there. I knew you were going to get it in somewhere. 
I was going to bring it up, too, because I was going to ask Jester, now how many predictions have I got correct compared to his fantasy little reality world? That <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, actually, uh, you're doing all right, Bill. I can't complain. I, I still think you're, uh, I, I think you're heavily medicated when you say uh, Cincinnati and the Giants and the Super Bowl, but hey, you've been doing good. I can't complain. Listen, I just put a thousand dollars down on Cincinnati and the Giants to make the Super Bowl, baby. <laughs> did you did you do that on eight 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 dot com and get your thirty dollars back? So. Yeah, so. I did on eight dot com because I made ten grand on on a hockey. I made it. I predicted it. I go on it. I took their money. That's the way life is. Wait, it eight 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 dot com and uh, Bill Crew just taking their money. There you go, uh, Bill. We uh, we were talking about. Uh, the Crude Alliance and MWO. Before we get to uh, WWE, we have a we have that match. I guess you're going against the uh, leader. Is that is that it? Is that the matchup coming up in July? Uh, you against uh, Rico Moon. Is that is that correct? That is correct. The leader of the Crude Alliance versus the leader of the MWO. Rico Moon, Bill Crude, one more time, July 23rd. Um, guess what I'm going to do to him? I'm going to whip his ass like I did yours. And the only uh, advice I have for Rico Moon is uh, start before the bell rings, and you'll be fine. Uh, uh, who? Oh, man. It's all right. It's all good. I will be seeing you in the rematch. I don't have to say anything else. You I don't want to stop over. this car, but I will, okay? I don't want to stop this car, but I will, all right? You two play nice. All right. I'm, I'm nice, man. I'm sitting here on this beautiful beach, you know, drinking a margarita, thinking about going shark diving because, you know, I'm a diver, certified diver myself. I really like that uh, ad you guys just talked on there. But, you know, the one thing that irritated me about listening to the show tonight, that little kid that I just want to hit with a chair, man, who was that? That, that little kid? That little kid was uh, Joey Cage's son, actually, and uh, Joey Cage, who was uh, pounding your ass in the corner uh, in, in the wrestling wow. ring until he decided he really was. He was beating uh, Bill down and then uh, got a little too cocky. He got a little too cocky. He started celebrating, and uh, Bill made him pay for it. That's uh, you can't celebrate. Bill is a crafty. Well, now listen, I, for for everything out there, okay, and all all kidding aside, Bill's a crafty wrestler. You can't go ahead and start celebrating early on him. He is the type of guy that will come back and, and uh, do what he did to Joey Cage. Now we will go ahead and we'll play that back for Joey Cage. What you said about his son, though, so no problem. <laughs> Hey, you know, I've been known to hit kids with chairs. You know, I heard somebody sent you a picture about that today. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's terrible, folks. Um, Bill, Bill will take out anybody with a chair. I have a picture. He took out a nine-year-old girl with a chair, and uh, that's just the way he rolls. And that's fine. You know, payback, or uh, the way I like to put it. The reckoning is coming. I'll just leave that. Been working on that all night. We're gonna. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. The reckoning is something I've been working on. Okay, since I came home that night, battered and bruised by somebody willing to cheat. So we're good. No, let's. You know, it's not cheating unless you get caught. 
And I opened the playbook just like JT told you. I told you everything that was going to happen, and you didn't listen. No worries. You are 100% correct. I'll be better prepared next time, I promise. Just just look at it this way. Bill's a man of his word. I mean, you can't can't get any better than that. He's a man of his word. You can trust what he says. No, no worries. No worries. Guys, let's go ahead. We're having fun with that, and we're going to save that because we got an announcement to go with that. Um, Let's save all that for right after the WWE. Uh, The first match, probably the one before it all goes on air, is going to be uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin. And uh, what I'm going to do, folks, is I'm writing down everybody's prediction, you see, because here's what's up. The last pay-per-view event that we had, Joey Cage, who writes for us, hit on every match. He made every prediction correct, 100%. And uh, he's trying for that again. So what I've done is I've made up a sheet for all of us, uh, for me, Junior, JT, and Bill. And we're going to write down uh, everybody's pick for, for the matches. So the first match is Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin, and I'll, I'll go to uh, I'm going to go to Bill first on this one. We'll alternate who I go to first uh, in order of fairness, so Bill doesn't cry. Um, Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin. Who who do you got, Bill, in this first one? I'm so sick of Dolph Ziggler, man. I hope Corbin just kicks his ass. And I'm going to take him. You got Corbin. All right, writing it down. JT? Well, I mean, let's look at this this match. Their WWE's trying to put uh, Baron Corbin over. You know, the luster has really worn off of Dolph Ziggler over the last year. I mean, they won't even let this guy handle an Intercontinental or U.S. title anymore. I think he's capable of holding the uh, World Heavyweight title myself. But for some reason, the luster's worn off of him. Is it even really helping if Corbin beats him? But uh, in the end, I do see WWE trying to push Corbin by giving him the win. So I'll go Corbin. All right. You know what? And, and I want to ask Bill a question on that in, in, a, in one second. We've got everybody across the board took uh, Baron Corbin, by the way. Um, Bill, when you see something like that, when you see somebody like Dolph Ziggler, who's got the ability or, or, or could have been uh, a guy who ha- held the belt, and now all of a sudden he can't hold a leash, it seems like. Um, what What has gone on? Is that – is that from a standpoint of ability, usually? Is it standpoint that the other wrestlers don't like you, or did you just piss off ownership? What is usually the case there? Do you know? But Dolph Ziggler is none of the above right now. Dolph Ziggler made one huge mistake, um, and he had said that he's only going to wrestle for one more year, and then he's going to retire. So why, why should they invest in him if he's going to just walk away? Uh, you've got, you know, so you've got a guy with beautiful, great ring talent ability to bring up these younger guys um, and give them a great match and kind of coach them in and mentor them and then, you know, he'll, you know, turn it over and say, here you go. Um, so I, I think that most biggest mistake again was you're saying that he was going to retire in one year. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, that makes sense then. All right. Well, moving on to our next match then. Uh, Apollo Cruz versus Sheamus. JT, who do you got, brother? Wow. Um, looking at looking at at Apollo Cruz. I mean, 
He's everything Vince McMahon wants in a champion down the road. He's got the look, you know, he's got the uh, athletic ability. He's got that powerful just presence about him. This match to me just kind of just seemed like it got thrown together. I know it was originally scheduled for the kickoff show, and now it's actually on the pay-per-view. But if they're going to give Cruz the push that he deserves and that he's earned, and Sheamus seems to be uh, fading a little bit into the background, I say Cruz wins this, and I don't think it's going to be close. Okay. All right. We got you for Apollo written down. Bill, what do you got? Apollo or Sheamus? I'm going to take Apollo, too. I mean, he's a very you know, amazing right? And if Vince is smart, which I know he is, he'll give the kid a push like he did Tony Atlas back in the old days. The kid has got the look, the size, and ability and agility. That's amazing in a ring. He is uh... – what I've seen so far from him, uh, we all have Apollo Cruz on that. We're all in agreement on that one as well. Um, he is, he's probably one of the more talented, well-rounded uh, guys that I've seen in a little bit now from this standpoint. I mean, you go to every aspect. He's pretty well-built guy. He, so he works on himself there. He is agile. He has speed. He has moves. Okay, so he has all that. Um, I'd like to hear him a little bit more on the mic. It seems like they're not putting him on the mic as much. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know. Uh, It doesn't seem like uh, maybe he's comfortable there. Maybe they should get him a manager to work with or something to be his mic person. But, um, no, Apollo Crews is probably one of the better young wrestlers I've seen them uh, bring up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me let me add two things. I'd like to add two things on Cruz while we're at him. First one is this guy reminds me so much of Bobby Lashley, a guy that I wish never would have left the WWE, who I wish wow. would leave that other company and come back. That's who he reminds me of when you watch him wrestle. And the other thing is I'm still picking him to win, but if he loses, it'll be a dirty win for Sheamus. They're still going to push Apollo in the right direction. Even if it's a loss, it'll be a dirty win. Won't be a clean one. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. 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 No doubt. All right. We've got the first belt on the line is going to be the U.S. Championship belt, and uh, that's Rusev. Rusev. (laughs) Rusev. Rusev versus Titus O'Neil. Um. And where are we going? We're back to Bill on it. Bill, you start out. Uh, I don't see them taking a belt off Rusev just yet. You know, um, I think Vince is still a little bit on the pissed off side with Titus, even though he's back. You know, when you put your hands on the owner, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. That's a cool suicide. But I think Rusev's uh, another young, good talent. If they use him properly and don't burn him out, you know, he'll be around a while. I don't, I don't see Rusev losing this title. All right. All right, yeah. All right. I got JT, what do you got? Well, I mean, look at Titus O'Neil, 6'6", 270 pounds, uh, extremely athletic, probably the one guy out there that can match Rusev move for move. Um, but I, I honestly, I think this is going to be an absolute squash. This was a thrown-together match at the last second. They're giving Rusev this big push, um, and I think they're going to try to basically 
make Rusev look that much more dominant, beating a guy that's his size or bigger uh, quickly. So I think this is a quick match Rusev win. All right. Um, I, I have two questions off of this then. Um, I, I believe yeah, we all have Rusev on this. We're all in agreement there. So far, it's a predictable uh, night. Two questions. One, if anybody's been paying attention lately, is it my imagination, though, that since they put the belt on Rusev, does it look like he's gotten into better shape? He's lost some of that, some of that belly fat. Is it, is it me? It looks like he's gotten more serious since they put that belt on him. He, he looks a little trimmer. My guess is he's lost about 10, 15 pounds since they put that belt on him. Anybody else <laughs> notice that? Or, or am I just an old that, man going crazy? No, no. Actually, Rusev's down about 25 pounds. That was orders of WWE uh, um, home office. Um, they did the same thing with Paul uh, White, uh, uh, the giant. You know, the big show, you've got to do next amount of stay with us or whatever. Um, so I, I think that came from the home office. Uh, Rusev looks good. He looks aggressive. And, again, I think that came from home office. You've got to get out there and be that beast that we know you can be. Um, I, I see the heavyweight title being on Rusev, you know, in his future. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, my other question in this is uh, is real simple. And, uh, you know, we all know women fight for equality. Am I, am I correct? Uh, there's a constant struggle. Uh, and I, I can pretty much probably speak for both you guys, uh, both Bill and uh, JT on this. They'd like to see women have more rights than, than what's going on. And we'd like to see things more equal. Is that correct? Absolutely. Speak for both of you on that one. All right. Well, that leaves me with this. And, and I don't know how anybody else feels about this because I am about equality. And if anybody remembers uh, Rikishi, uh, the oh, wrestler yeah. Rikishi, he had this thing that he would do called the stink face where he would back up oh, ass yeah. first into a wrestler. And I can't think of a worse way to uh, go about my wrestling night. Uh, I'd rather be in the ring with somebody like Bill Crude <laughs> than uh, have that happen. Uh, and, and have Are you saying uh, you want Bill Crude to do a stink face to you? Rikishi's 400-pound ass in my face uh, definitely would not be the way. But in that, I want to know, why haven't we had a woman wrestler do the same kind of move? Oh, I mean, wow. I'm all about equality. You know, maybe Lana should come out and help Rusev uh, in the battle and give her own stink face or something. I don't know. Well, Bill, this is all you, man. Actually, you had that that with with, uh, uh, Awesome Call when she was up there and back in TNA. um, But the women, and of course Vince, didn't like that, so they barred it. Awesome Kong used to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, and, you know, that's funny that JT backed out. See, um, no, Awesome Kong used to do it. And, no, they don't have any of the women. They they just don't make up really uh, – they, they, it's okay to make a move up like that for a man, but you can't make that kind of move up for a woman. And I, I, I don't get that. 
Um, but it's funny that JT backed out. This is a guy in the middle of a broadcast who threw Ron Jeremy uh, reference at me. Hey, okay, but like now I wants said, to back it's, out it's when I mentioned. Tonight, <laughs> at some point tonight, I think we went to a new network. You're talking about Bill getting his ass pounded in the corner, and now you're talking about women's stink faces. So yeah, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. I say go to the next next topic. <laughs> I take a stink face from a woman any day. Come on, what is your problem? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, to me, it's obvious. The answer is obvious. If Lana is doing that to you, how can you even call that a stink face? I mean, what is this, Russia? Come on. What is this, Russia? Okay. Anyway, go ahead. We'll move on. We got a couple of matches, and we got uh, let's see, we got 16 minutes left. Let's go. I wanted to get to a couple other things, a couple other sports. So let's make this quick. Uh, final four-way uh, tag team match: New Day versus Gallows and Anderson versus Enzo and Cass versus the Board Villains. JT, who are you taking in the fatal four-way tag team match? Well. I think that it's going to be a really good night at Money in the Bank for the club, period. Uh, I see those titles coming off a new day and uh, going home with uh, Anderson Gallagher. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And I don't see see New Day being pinned, by the way. I want to make sure I make that. They're not going to lose them, but they're not going to wear them out of that ring either. Okay. I'll give you my take on that in a minute. Bill? Well, that's an interesting match. I'm going to also choose the Bullet Club. I, I don't see any them not getting it. They have to um, show the strength that the Bullet Club has. Otherwise, just destroy it. So I'm going to go with the Bullet Club. Interesting. All right. Well, I didn't think that was going to happen, but we did get a sweep on that one. And I, did, I didn't think oh. that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, my thing, though, about it is, is that Gallows and Anderson will win it on uh, Sunday and then lose it again on Monday or something like that yeah, because now, the New Day see, won't be pinned. Do you see New Day getting pinned, or do you see Mark no. Villains or Enzo and Caskin getting pinned? Uh, my my thing is I see the Vaude Villains getting uh, pinned. What do you well, see, uh, Bill? I see the Vaude Villains getting pinned, and I see a New Day breakup coming. Yeah, so do I. Big E's leaving that that group real soon. They're uh, they're going to give Big E his push that he's well deserved, and I think they're going to eventually put the uh, intercontinental strap on Big E where it belongs. Yep, yep. Couldn't agree more. Gotcha. Moving on to the uh, women's match, we got Charlotte and uh, um, was it Dana, right? Dana Brooks. Yep, we got Charlotte and Dana, and we've got Natalia and Becky Lynch. Is there anybody taking Charlotte and Dana? Let's go with that. Bill? No, no, no. no, no. There's no change there, Charlotte. No, this is the chance to give Natty a win, and I see Sasha Banks getting in this somewhere because she's the one person everybody wants to see. Right. Yeah, I I just – I don't see – the storyline is that Charlotte and Dana are eventually going to argue, and this might be the start of it. And I mean, that one's pretty – they're not really making it real complicated for anybody to read that one. Um, no. There, but the next three – go ahead, go ahead. What do you got, Bill? You're missing very big with the women's division coming up here. Um, you remember a group called the Four Horsemen? 
heard of them. I've heard of it. Yeah, I bet you have. Well, guess what? It's going to be reunited as a four horse women here soon. And I okay. go to 888.com and bet it because it's going to happen. Tony Blanchard's daughter is in NXT. You got Ric Flair's daughter in, in WWE. You got a couple other women in there. You watch the, the reemergent of a new four horse women. Interesting. Interesting. There's yeah. one for you, folks. Remember, you heard it here. That happens. Uh, you remember where you heard it? Good old Bill Crude here on the Fantasy Jester Show. All right, we go ahead. The next three matches are really just, dare I say, phenomenal. Um, AJ Styles <laughs> versus John Cena. Finally happening. A great, great matchup here. Now, you got two different camps on this one. One that says, you know, Cena just doesn't lose. And the other one that says there's no way that AJ loses his uh, fourth pay-per-view event that would bury him. I don't believe it would, but go ahead. What do we got? JT, you're up next uh, on the uh, first parade. You go first. Cena and Styles, who you have? Oh, this is, like I said, it's going to be a great night for the club uh, tomorrow night. This is Styles' chance. He's going to run, uh, run in there, win this one. I, Cena has no problem. His, his status is cemented. Cena's also not a guy that is going to complain about putting someone over. So if, if Styles loses his fourth straight pay-per-view, I think you're, he's already being booked wrong to begin with. I think they're trying to do a big storyline with the club. What better way to do it than to have him beat John Cena and Money in the Bank? Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and Bill, do you agree? Oh, I 100% agree. I, I think what they're doing to AJ right now, if, if he loses this match, it's going to be a career suicide because that kid – He's got the most talent in the WWE right now. Um, but I, but John, being the man that he is, you know, how many of these guys came up and he's put over already, you know, including Rusev and other guys that he's put over. And John is the man in the WWE, so he won't have no issue letting him go over. Yeah, he's a company man. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, everybody's in agreement there. Now, here's the interesting one, and probably more so than the actual championship match. You have the Money in the Bank match, uh, the ladder match. Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Alberto Del Rio, Jericho, and Cesaro. Bill, hit me with it, man. Who's coming out of it with this? Who's going to win? You know, my favorite in the whole bunch is Cesaro. I'm going to stay with him. He needs to push, and they need to do something with him. Um, the man, again, has got good talent, good ability. I'm going to go for Cesaro. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, JT, who do you have? Well, this one to me, Dean Ambrose, win, a win for Dean Ambrose opens a bunch of major storylines, and I think when Dean wins this, it's going to open up a way for them to flip Roman Reigns' heel down the road on Dean, so I'm definitely going Dean Ambrose here. Alright. Um, Joey Cage has Ambrose. I have been going back and forth all week. Um, uh, I, I really am having a difficult time. I, the two that I have between are Ambrose and Cesaro. Cesaro, uh, exactly what Bill said. He, he is a phenomenal wrestler. He is a big guy. Lots of different moves. Strong as hell. Um, They changed his look. 
But then you have the whole Ambrose thing, and it just seems like that is the two. Uh, okay, Ambrose to me is the obvious choice, but to me it is the too obvious choice. Okay, where all of a sudden he could win, and then all you know magically appear during Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins' match, okay, that all of a sudden the Shield is battling it out in the middle of the ring for the title. Now, that is probably where it's going. It seems a little too obvious to me, though. I I just don't... uh, Anybody else feel that that's too obvious? No? I I hear you. I hear you with the obvious. I hear you with the obvious, but... But let's look at, at last week's rant when he, you know, dirty deeds on Roman Reigns right there in the ring. I mean, and think about it. They've got to get Roman Reigns turned heel. I mean, they're, they're slowly but surely leading towards it anyway. What better way to do this than to have Dean Ambrose be the one that he flips on? See, I don't see that happening. I don't see that because Roman Reigns, okay, right now, they, 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 they Seth Rollins is – the one being an ass, he's the one being the heel. So, yeah, well, he's a and he's the one. I'm sorry, go ahead, Bill. I said Seth Rollins is an ass to begin with, but he, he, I think both of you guys are missing the <laughs> mark with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. Go I ahead. think you're missing. And again, let's go to 888 and and put a wager down because again, Bill Cruz's predictions have been so far 100. percent The Shield is going to reunite here real soon. Wow. And one so who do you have? Cesaro. Okay, so you got Cesaro winning, but then what happens with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins? Um, who do you have? That is, I, have a, I, have a, I have that ending in a DQ. Nobody's going to win. It's a DQ, DQ match. Right, so that they have to replay it. The, well, Makes you sense. Know, they can feud or, or they could beat the hell out of each other, but Somewhere right down the road here, before the end of this year is up, you're going to see a reuniting of the Shield, and that's my prediction. Wow. And what about you, JT? Roman, Seth, uh, what do you got? Reigns worked too hard and too long to only have the title for a few months. I don't see them giving it to Seth Rollins, honestly, until he proves that he can stay healthy for a certain, you know, a certain period of time. That knee, you never know. I think he needs to work that knee back up, and I think he needs to get himself – uh, back in the mix. So I, Reigns will hold the title. Reigns, I think Reigns is actually going to win the match. Um, but I still think Dean Ambrose is going to have something to say about the ending of that show. I, uh, he, wow. Not saying he's cashing in. They're going to tease it for a while. But I don't think this he's is going to be one cash of those year long. No, it's yes. going to be one of those where he comes out, but they don't start the fight type things. It's just going to tease. It's going to tease that, that, that fight. And then you're going to have the three of them going. You're going to have a triple threat. Go to 888. Triple threat match at uh, SummerSlam for the championship belt between those three. Well, that's not a bad idea. And then if that happens, you got Cesaro winning Intercontinental title um, in the money in the bank and taking the title from all of them. There you go. So that's what I'm saying. That's why I said you were talking about Cesaro earlier. If he wins, I think that's the direction they're they're going to go. But either way, it's going to be a good it's going to be a good pay per view. The lineup looks fantastic. Esther, you, you know, 
what happened was is while uh, while you were getting silence, that whole blog talk uh, ending the show and having to call back in happened again. I will wow. be talking. I promise you. I, I at this point now, I have been polite with the blog people, and I've had enough. And here's why. This is the fourth episode in the several months now that I've been doing this, that blog talk has had a problem uh, and it's ruining my opportunity to put on a good show for people. And that will piss me off being the perfectionist that I am. And I promise you uh, something's going to change and it's going to change with blog talk because I'm tired of it. Uh, I have no idea what was said while I was gone, but I will tell you this. I go along with the idea. I think it's going to be Roman Reigns, and um, I don't think Ambrose is going to cash in right away. I think he's going to wait. Um, And I also think, though, since Bill said it, it's made me think about the whole DQ thing, because what better way to help drag out Roman versus Seth than to have this match not even count? Exactly. They might redo it again tomorrow night on Raw. I don't know. I think that, I think that Seth Rollins is such an asshole and a prima donna that if he doesn't hurt Roman Reigns, he's not going to take the pinfall. So I, I'm really looking at it, some kind of a DQ here uh, happening. All right. Well, folks, that was our WWE coverage. Now, we have a couple of announcements uh, to make. Uh, first off, we're going to announce our own wrestling show. From now on, uh, the Jester show has gotten away a little bit from its original intention of uh, being a bunch of sports, and it seems like wrestling is dominating the show a little bit more than it should. So what we've done, and the call for it, has been to just make a whole new show. So it is my pleasure to go ahead and announce that come Wednesday, the 29th, June 29th, on Blog Talk Radio, <laughs> Maybe. we will be bringing yeah, we will be bringing you FXE Live. FXE Live will be one hour show, eight p.m. Eastern time every week. Wednesday night will be wrestling night. FXE Live, Florida Extreme Entertainment. We will be telling you more about Florida Extreme Entertainment over these next couple of weeks. Florida Extreme Entertainment is a new wrestling production, new wrestling company here in Florida. We're going to be telling you about that. That's all to come. We've got some great stuff going on, folks. And, you know, it has been fun. FXE Live, though, is going to be a fantastic show. We're going to have Bill Crude. We're going to have JT. We're going to have Joey Cage and myself every week talking about everything on the indie circuit, TNT, for whatever's left of that, WWE, NXT, all of it, everything wrestling you could possibly want, folks. You don't want to miss it. I have absolutely enjoyed all our talks as much as uh, Bill is our nemesis here. We enjoy having Bill on. Uh, he's a great guy, and we are looking forward to a radio show with him. It is uh, our pleasure. And wow, there it is. Folks, 
You have been listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. That was a quick one. We didn't get to everything that we wanted to, but I promise you next week we get back to our regular rhythm here on the Fantasy Justice Show talking about all the sports that you could possibly want, fantasy sports. Don't forget, we got FXE Live coming up on Wednesdays. We got the Gridiron Guys on Thursdays. FantasyJesterSports.com is truly becoming everything you could possibly want in your sports world. Enjoy. This has been the Fantasy Jester. Thank you. Have a great night. I am out. Did you capture? Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous. But on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop palms. But he keeps on forgetting. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.